Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rosie Green. <laughs> She's back on the podcast. <laughs> I'm back here. I'm so excited. I wish I was sitting next to you. But anyway, this will have to do. I wish I had made a little nest for you on the sofa oh. with sushi. <laughs> that was so lovely of you. And I still felt so broken at that stage. And you did. You made a little nest with sushi. And I kind of driven to see you. And, you know, honestly... I look back on those times and I feel so grateful. Aww. Well, you're back on the podcast. So like, when the last time you came on, you talked very openly and frankly about divorce because that's what you were going through at the time. And it's actually really interesting to say you were broken then because we were having a conversation about how it had broken you in yes. the immediate. Yes. But obviously, it, it, not that it lingers, but it's a, it can be a very long process. The, the break, the brokenness. Yeah, and it's interesting. And I think that's the natural human spirit is you're like, oh, thank God I'm not there, you know, where I was like a year ago or where I was six months ago. And and I just spoke to Caroline Barnes, the makeup artist, and she's, and I remember I wrote a piece for Red just like maybe six months after the split. And to accompany it, I had some pictures taken and she came to do my makeup. Oh, those were nice pictures. They are, I mean, hello, I'm loving her makeup. Um, and she said you were trembling. So I thought I was... I thought I was sort of coming out of it, but she said you were physically trembling. And it's true, I remember just shaking for about a year. Oh. I know. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not shaking now, so that's good. No, you're not shaking now. And it's been, it's obviously been hard, because I'm your mate, we're yeah. friends. It's been horrible to see you go through that, but it's also sort of been lovely recently to see the blossoming. And I remember when we spoke when you came here and I made the nest and we had the sushi, we, we I spoke about the fact, do you think that you'll look back and think, actually, this is a really wonderful thing that happened because my life, I'm really, I think I'm happier now than I would have been if it had stayed yeah. on that course. So I'm going to pose that question again. Well, do you know, I I, I was speaking to the, um, the, the amazing Amanda Byron, you know, who did the, um, yes. yeah, who makes everyone who, you know, all those teenage boys watching her do Total Wipeout. Anyway, it, it transpires she's a brilliantly funny, amazing person and has written this book. And I interviewed her for it and, and we talked about my situation. And she said in, in an Irish accent that I'm not going to attempt to do, she was like, it's a gift. And I was like, and, and I can sort of start to see that. It, it's interesting. I mean, I still have sadnesses, obviously. I'm sad for the kids. I'm kind of sad for that life that I would have had. But then I can also see the total joy. And I, I do feel, I mean, it sounds a bit sort of American LA, but I feel much more authentic to myself. Like I feel like my writing's more authentic. I feel like I'm film, you know, I'm feeling all the feels. It's a kind of, it's a period of intensity. Um, that actually is so energizing, which is amazing. So I kind of, it's weighed up with, you know, that sort of comfort blanket not being there. I actually can't even remember how I used to feel really. Mm. So I sort of feel this sort of roller coaster of emotions all the time at the moment, but I do 
I do feel energized and I do feel very hopeful. And just for listeners, anyone who's wondering, can we just talk about what the timeline is actually? Because people will be thinking, oh, that's how she feels now. How long ago was it that she broke up with her husband? Yeah, I guess. So um, I, uh, I mean, a sort of bit of background was that I, you know, I was married for 15 years. I was together with my husband for 26. And, um, you know, we had this kind of perfect picket fence life, didn't we really? You know, which I wrote about for Red, although I was always very honest about uh, how kind of it was perfectly imperfect and our car was sort of held together with raisins and... uh, (laughs) you know <laughs> it so was and just like you know actually I met someone the other day and they said I remember you writing about how you were so busy that you'd never had time to adjust your bra straps and I was like that's true you know so it was the kind of like young children thing anyway <laughs> it spectacularly imploded in summer of 2018 when you know my ex who'd just been this sort of super steady moral you know you know, just kind of not dangerous as, as you know, people would say, and, you know, just kind of suddenly wanted out, you know, behaved in a way I just didn't think he ever would, you know, and, and so, yeah, it was really shocking. Um, and, and so then there was about six months of sort of yo-yoing back and forth. And then, you know, then I've been on this kind of journey from heartbreak to happy. Uh, oh. really, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that the name of the book? It's not the book is called How to Heal a Broken Heart. Um, but Heartbreak Happy became a sort of hashtag of mine, as well as um, from snot to hot, which I kind of prefer. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, this is why you are a perfect guest for Feel Good Habits because this you in the last two and a half years have had to dig really freaking deep to find a sense of self, a sense of just okay just like today I'm going to get through it and so that's why I'm really intrigued to hear what your feel-good habits are that you're going to share with our most excellent listeners. Oh I'm loving your most excellent listeners and actually last time I had so much amazing response uh, from people that you know and this isn't one of my feel-good habits but you know the idea of helping people just kind of helps you as well doesn't it Mm -hmm. but it was it was amazing the response last time Um, And I think another thing to say is like how valuable feel good habits are. Like, I don't think I really even realized that before. So that's another gift the split gave me. I just like trundled through life. I didn't really, it was always about the next thing, the next house, the next job, the next, you know, and actually that kind of thing of like, well, surely being happy and content and feeling grateful and all those things are kind of what makes life rather than, you know, your marble kitchen worktop, you know, because then then there's always the next thing. Uh, anyway, so I digress. Uh, I think, what so we had our brilliant list, didn't we? And I, um, I guess the most, well, maybe the first one I need to talk about is my dog. <laughs> <laughs> So when we talk about me and the kids talk about 2020 being a pretty shite year, we're like, but it's the year we got Pixie. And um, Pixie, I wanted to call her Miss Dior. Uh, <laughs> nobody else went for that. My son wanted to call her Chelsea because that's his favourite football team. And uh, I can't remember what my daughter wanted to call her. Anyway, Pixie was the, in the Venn diagram, the only one we could agree on. Um, and I was really nervous about it because I just thought, oh, it's going to take away so much freedom. I knew the kids wouldn't sodding walker, even though they were saying they would and all this kind of stuff. Um, and actually, she she was she came via a sort of friend in the village. And honestly, the love and the affection and the the humour, you know, they're just so funny. And I just I mean, she's like lying on my bed now because it's like having a child. If she's in another room, she'll cry. Um, and 
it's life changing. It really is life changing. And and I realized for a lot of people, it's not possible. And I didn't think it was for me because my mum's deeply allergic to dogs, but she's hypoallergenic and she doesn't seem to have triggered her, which is amazing. That's so was she a puppy when you got her? Because the puppy, yeah. puppy stage can be really freaking difficult. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find I don't know whether it's like uh, like with babies, like some of them are just easier than others. Um, and she wasn't that bad. I mean, for the first like three or four weeks, you had to take her and she did various sort of poos and wheeze and stuff. But um, I, I was sort of fairly, you know, like you can just clear up a poo, can't you? Um, so I don't know, like, it's a bit like when everyone has babies and they're like, oh yeah, they sleep through the night and you're thinking, oh my God, I haven't had more than an hour's un, you know, uninterrupted sleep. So I don't know whether I'm just lucky with her. She's a cavapooshon. Apparently poodles are very intelligent. So I don't know if that, you know, and she's very little, so she's quite transportable. But the kids maul her about. She's the most kind of, honestly, the most pliant, lovely thing. It's so, I mean, I obviously don't have pets and would love to have pets. So I actually, and I'm going to show you a picture. <laughs> I, I sponsored one. Oh, look at him, Bubba. What I sponsored story. Uh, Bubba's story is that he's seven. He's from, he's from the Dogs Trust. And I was feeling a bit blue. Um, yeah. And it was around, it was around when the uh, lockdown restrictions came in and you know, you couldn't travel to see your family for Christmas. And I just thought, what's well, gonna make me feel really good? And I thought, just making sure that a little doggy that I can't look after, but would like to look after is fed and watered and warm and safe. So that's what could I did. Not, could you not get a Pomeranian or something? Like one of those tiny little things? When I'm able to finally buy, I will yeah. 100% get pets. But until yeah. then, it's just, you know. Yeah. But I totally understand that having a pet right now is really valuable. Yeah, it is. And it makes me feel guilty for people like you that can't. Um, but I guess maybe, yeah, when you have moved, you'll be like, yes, I know that that's what I want to do. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be having the conversations with Nadine saying, she's got another cat. She's <laughs> got another <laughs> gets a bird we're going over there <laughs> yeah, exactly if it's a budgie I can't do budgies man that, that sort of flying around it's not good um, so yeah the dog and then uh, and then I think the thing that I you know the thing that has felt so amazing in 2020 and maybe the latter latter end of uh, 2019 was kissing um so, you know I think um you know, I had, you know, I'd never been on a date before, like, like ever. So I sort of went on my first date at 45. And it was, I mean, I think on my first ever date, I kissed, I sort of feel like slogging sounds a bit juvenile, but it kind of is right. And um, honestly, I mean, I just loved it. Like the dopamine the kind of the feel good hit of a really good kiss is like outstanding. I feel like that that is, you know, on the feel good levels, you know, levels, that's got to be a 10, right? It was, <laughs> it's making me think, do you remember when Dawn French got to kiss Hugh Grant for Comic Relief? <laughs> and she just, they started kissing and she went completely limp. <laughs> it's just making me think about that. <laughs> I mean, it is, I just think it's, you know, something, kissing kind of goes a bit, I think, in a marriage. And it's certainly a different kind of, it becomes different and and in a way my ex and I got together when I was so young that you know I don't know I, I kind of I don't remember that but that that sort of but for that this this sort of new dating thing and sort of kissing various you know different guys and then was just like yeah I mean I'm not being very <laughs> no was it weird kissing somebody new for the first time no it was just deeply 
fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the thing is, you know, like sex is amazing too, but with sex, there's so much more kind of, you know, you don't, you you never, I don't think you ever feel like bad for a kiss, you know, because you haven't sort of, you haven't sort of made yourself vulnerable in any way. So it's, it's just kind of all pluses, basically. So did you find yourself just like becoming a pash queen, as the, as the kids used to say? Oh, such a pash queen. My friend Viv said to me, like, you're going to end up with glandular fever, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, um, you know, those, I, never, I was never posh enough to do this, but those, those girls, lots of my friends used to go to those, um, what they called something balls. When we when we were all like eighty, were you younger like than Cotillion, me? the the American the English version of Cotillion. Posh, like all the posh girls used to go to those balls, and it would be in like the the Daily Mail. You know, anyway, they'd snog like ten people in a night. So you know, not that I've done that, but um, you know, yeah, I can't get. In fact, it made me remember this thing that a friend of mine said. She shall remain nameless, but we both know her. Anyway, she's in a long marriage, and she said that her husband occasionally, when her husband makes sort of sexual overtures at bedtime, she'll say okay, I'll have sex, but I'm not kissing. <laughs> so I think in a marriage, you know, it can go, you know, but uh, yeah, that's what been a really good one. And I, I'm, I'm going to keep hold of that. I'm not going to lose the kissing. Right. So this is a, a, a pact you've made with yourself. Yeah, Snogging exactly. will be a thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to let that, you know, slide into kind of sanitized versions of Yes. I think it's interesting, actually, because obviously not being married, but I wonder if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I can't remember the last time I snogged my long term partner or husband yeah. or wife. I um, maybe I'll go and, you know, plant, plant some snogging on them. Exactly. <laughs> See what happens. I think that's good. But, you know, the reality is I don't think it's going to be the same or maybe it is as kissing someone new because that is just like, you know, so bound up in all those kind of synapse firing amazing stuff that no doubt your neuroscientists could tell us about I love I love the idea of just like the newness and just kissing being basically like a shortcut to getting a high oh I mean it's a high like no other basically especially if you combine it with a few margaritas or you know whatever (laughs) right okay kissing I love it um okay and I do like the idea of just you saying about getting glandular fever. That was so the thing when I was a teenager. If somebody yeah. got glandular fever, you'd be like, mm. done a lot of kissing. Judging yeah. you. Okay, sorry, let's move on to number two. Okay, the next, uh, hang on, have we only done one? We've done two. Oh, goodness. Right, let's move yeah. on. Good job I'm counting. You're like my lovely personal trainer. She's like, she's like too busy chatting. And I'm like, no, no, we've done five of these. I don't want to do any more. Your personal Um, training on Instagram in the morning is so you like you make it look easy and you make it look very glamorous in your my wardrobe gear. Not well, my gym wardrobe. I've all that, you know, things like the my wardrobe gear. I I literally, you know, for my in my marriage, all that stuff, like I I mean, my friends used to take the piss out of me. My well, my sort of sports gear was so bad, like honestly, because I just didn't put, I didn't think that was a priority and I prioritized other stuff. And just to have the nice stuff makes such a difference, doesn't it, to how you feel? You know, you don't have your ass hanging out, they're not like the leggings aren't see through, you know, it's just, it makes such a difference. I, my gym wardrobe is not, not the brand that we're talking about, but my actual wardrobe with my gym stuff. I bought special hangers and everything. Because and I, yeah, because I like working out, and if I prioritize it in that way, it becomes something I take really seriously. So I wake yeah. up in the morning and I, I have a little, tiny little section of a wardrobe, 
and I have my little special hangers and I have them all hung up really nicely and I get my leggings and I get my sports bra and in my head it's like uh, sharing clueless with her computerized wardrobe <laughs> matching leggings to sports bra but it make but it makes me feel really good and so yeah I do think you know a there's the sort of practical stuff like you're not cold you're not wet you're not you know your asses are looking out but yeah you're right that totally that totally makes a difference so talking of cold and wet my my next one is warmth which mm. I know is quite overarching but I'm quite a cold person and I think generally in life I had I never sort of really prioritized you know we live in quite a cold cottage I never I, I never really sort of prioritized any warmth and I remember my mum would always say oh you do not need to put some socks on or put a jumper on or do something but I was always so busy and so frantic you know never having time to adjust my bra straps or whatever and um so we lived in this quite sort of well we still I, I still do in a sort of cottage with like rattly windows and stuff and um I just realized that warmth was incredibly comforting to me actually so I kind of realized that if I just took the time to put slippers on now slippers make me feel slightly queasy because it feels a bit sort of domesticated midsummer murders territory um but actually i found some stylish ones and it kind of that makes a big difference every day i put them on and i feel better and i now um you know i will put a hot water bottle in the bed or i will bring out like the, I've got this beautiful cashmere throw that I think Gerland had given me a million years ago that had stayed in its wrapper because it was so beautiful and I actually get that out and I have it well you know watching something on tv and I kind of treat myself to that warmth and I think as well the kind of warmth of the dog on your lap or the warmth of the kids next to you when they you know that mine are at the stage where they don't really want to hug me but they might slowly creep over to me on the sofa at night and that kind of comforting warmth of that is amazing so I think warmth treat yourself to that you know the kind of electric blanket all that stuff that sounds deeply dull but actually is really lovely I think this is such an interesting one the idea of warmth because even when you started saying it I started thinking about my own experiences with warmth and it the way you were saying you know I never had time to put the slippers on or I was too busy doing other things it's almost the expression my dad always uses is um you don't have to wear the hair shirt it's almost a sort of a little bit of suffering yeah, I agree. Totally. I think you're you're absolutely on the money with that. And I kind of think, you know, also there's a there's an element of like, I don't deserve it or I'm not, you know, we talked about the um, earlier about the candles and never lighting the bloody candle. You know, it's almost like, what are we waiting for? I mean, for me, I was always waiting till the room was totally decorated or, mm. you know, friends came around. I would do it for friends, but I wouldn't do it for me. And I think that's you know that's something that I've really learned is that actually you know do it for yourself and it kind of really does make a difference to how you feel about yourself. Do you know this is the first year or the end of 2020 is the first year I've actually put radiators in my house on timers because I've all ever because I've always just thought I will I will survive I will I will try and not break I will try and not break because I will because heating costs money and you know if you go back and you've ever had that those worries you you don't yeah, put the heating on yeah so I totally get you and you said as well before we started talking this and as Rosie said about putting the hot water bottle in the bed I've started doing that recently and gosh yeah. it's a joy it's such a joy and I do think that is one of the one of the massive benefits of a split I mean my I, I don't know like guys I think run hotter than women quite a lot of them and um so, you know, we'd have constant thermostat walls and he'd be like, it's boiling. And I'd be like, no, it's freezing, you know, so constantly we'd be turning that. So, um, you know, 
it's I still do obviously keep an eye on the on it for the finances but you know actually to be able to have it at the perfect ambient temperature is great yeah it's so it's such a delightful thing and also slippers wise I can highly recommend the fit flop muck luck boot I'm living in them them. oh my god I I think they might be downstairs that is are they the what the white fluffy ones what my mine are sort of a tan color oh well mine are (laughs) white and fluffy small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips runs uneven coverage or anything else custom spray five in one only from rustoleum hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. They are amazing, but they are now filthy. If you can hear this fit flop, please send me another pair. <laughs> Honestly, I am ruined for other shoes because I have lived in fit flop for the, basically the majority of 2020. I wore the rally trainers and the boots oh, and now the mucklucks. And I, ca- I, I went out to, when we could, I went out for dinner yeah. in central London and I wore my really nice peep toe platform, high heeled shoes, right? And I, fine, walked up, halfway through dinner, walked to the end of the restaurant to go to the loo and my friend said either you're drunk or you can't walk in heels anymore oh my god and it was yes. a mixture of the two I mean I wonder if we're all going to have much, you know it's a positive thing to come from this I wonder if we're all going to have much better feet because you know I was always in a heel I love a heel and I just mm. um that's such a weird fashion thing isn't it to make it singular heel mm. you know there are two of them um anyway uh yeah so I kind of wonder if it's going to really help We'll see. We'll find out. You're a very frustrating person. Listeners, Rosie is very tall and very long and lean. And so when you're out with her and you're five foot four and you're more of a curvaceous shape and she's in a stacked heel. Don't you give me that. You're so bloody gorgeous. I mean, honestly, every day I wake up to your your smile and your thing. How are you keeping your teeth white? Am I like going downhill massively? Uh, Spotlight toothpaste. Oh, what is that? Okay. So uh, Spotlight Oral Care, their toothpaste I'll, I'll send you the link. Will you? Thanks very much. <laughs> right, I feel like we're digressing massively. <laughs> digressing massively. Although that is going to make me happy. That's a feel-good habit. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we have done those. What? Oh, did we talk about certainty? That was one of them. Is this our last one or not our last one? Uh, we haven't spoken about certainty. Okay. So I think, you know, in terms of like mentally, which, which you know, I've massively realised that those kind of, the things that you tell yourself are incredibly important in how you feel, obviously. I mean, that sounds totally obvious, but I don't think I really realised that before. And I think, you know, what a split, what the split did for me was it removed that kind of comforting certainty and human beings like that, right? So, you yeah. know, kind of, this is who I'm going to be with forever. This is how our life's going to look like. This is, you know, the kids are going to follow this path and then we're going to follow this path and we'll do up the garden next and blah, blah. You know, you've got a plan, you mm. know. 
and suddenly all those plans go. And actually when I was investigating sort of heartbreak, I think a lot of the pain you feel is about the lack of certainty. So you sort of do, you do miss them and you did love them, but actually a lot of your pain is coming from just your brain scrambling to try and, to try and get back on course basically. And so actually I know for so many people at the moment, the pandemic means there's such a lack of certainty. And I kind of feel that I, again, one of the, the biggest gifts I've got from this is being much more comfortable with a lack of certainty and that you can't, you can't control everything. And, you know, again, it might sound you know a bit wanky, but they're kind of here and now, are you warm? Are you dry? Are you fed? Are your kids okay at the moment today? Yes. Try not to overthink that kind of future. Mm. There's that, I mean, maybe people have heard this before, but that I hadn't that Buddhist thing about the two arrows of suffering. There's the the moment that you're in right now. Are you suffering? Are you in pain? Are you upset? Maybe, you know, there's the second arrow of worrying what will come. And actually, of course, there's a there's a point in sort of thinking about the future in terms of sort of strategizing for it. But you cannot predict it as one's current circumstances show. Yeah. So, it's no point like worrying about stuff all the time. But what I did get the advice from was, you know, create those, create those little in terms of feel good habit, create those certainties that you, you know, that you have. So, you know, they are, your friends are there for you. Your family love you. You've got two lovely kids, you know, you've got enough food in the fridge. I mean, hopefully people do have those things or if they don't have those things, they have other things that they can, that they can focus on. So, yeah, I mean, that has that has been an amazing gift to kind of realise that I don't need that level of certainty in my life. That's really powerful. And I think one of the things that I also heard in that is I think about when I was depressed and how I just got to the point where my brain only thought about the things that might go wrong. So yeah. I was, and, and in a similar way, it meant that I wasn't ever enjoying what was happening right now. Yeah, I mean, that must be so tough. And what I don't understand with depression is, um, you know, how, you know, what's going on in the brain and how, how you can, because presumably it's slightly different in terms of how you can get out of that because it's chemical, right? Something's you just haven't got enough serotonin to kickstart those positive thoughts. Is that right? Well, I mean, yes, there are, I mean, yes, there are chemical imbalances, but I think also, and I've spoken about this before on the podcast, I think you can just... I I took real comfort in science, believe it or not. Surprise, surprise. No, I just do my whole heartbreak book totally focuses on that. Well, sort of doesn't. It's half memoir, half manual. But the manual bit is about that, how your brain works. Yeah. So I think if you can, like, if you can stand up and laugh, force yourself to laugh for 60 seconds, you release chemicals in the body that think, well, she's not in a state of stress. She's not running away from anything. She's obviously in a good mood. So we'll suppress sending out all the adrenaline and cortisol like okay maybe not clear science but I mean I'm just saying like if you, you so I feel like you can hack your system and I feel like what you're saying about certainty is a re, is very similar in the sense of it's training yourself to think a different way that benefits you mentally and physically and emotionally yeah and that is right on the money I think I, uh, I need to write all that down but I think as well you know people will say about dealing with a split you know some people you know, it hits people at, at different times in the process harder than others. And, you know, some people f find it easier to climb out of that black hole and some people don't, you know. And I think a lot of it is to do with 
a lot of it's to do with luck and how much resilience and stuff that you're born with. And for me, I feel as well, like I have all these uh, privileges, you know, I have a job, which means I can research and write about stuff that's going to help me. I have an amazing network of friends. I have a, a solid supportive family. And I realize there are a lot of people out there that don't have those things. So I guess in, in a way, that's what I wanted the book to do, which was just to introduce those, introduce people to all those thoughts you know thought processes and techniques you know like your feel-good techniques which I think are incredibly valuable you know they're incredibly helpful to people and as well there's something in, within that that might seem easy but I think actually can be quite difficult and that's the appreciating what you have without then feeling guilty for having it did you experience yeah. that um I have done in the past and it's it's I think it for me it's about trying to recognize that other people might not have stuff and and you know always be aware of that so for you I'm like I I feel so lucky to have my dog and I'm sad for you that you can't have one you know (laughs) um but I guess what I don't need to do is spend the rest of the day thinking oh I wish Emma could have a dog (laughs) (laughs) because you'll have things in your life that I don't have like you know I, I was listening to one of your other podcasts and you talked about your sort of mum and dad listening to um I don't know we do like Sudoku you doing some kind of thing no I know exactly you were listening to Sally Hughes and we we're talking about the fact that when we go home my dad will open the paper there'll be a familiar rustle and he'll just say birthdays and we'll all gather and it, he'll basically say the and name of the you've obviously had that kind of I'm sure there were things that weren't perfect but you know you had that kind of cozy family stuff which I didn't I had a different kind of upbringing with my mum which was still great but she was single parent so you know I always like look at that cozy thing and think that would be amazing so I think I don't, I try not to have that guilt about that. But what I do want to do is share it with people. Mm, that's really Which is another feel good thing, right? If you help people, it helps you as well. Yeah, it really, really does. And with me, it was helping Bubba. <laughs> oh, helping Bubba. Are we on five now? Because we haven't done the honesty thing. Do we got time for that? Yes, we have got time for it. We've okay. done about seven, but you're, you're, <laughs> Nadine, Nadine came on and we went on on some real tangents. So you're, you, <laughs> this is no surprise. Right. Tell, tell me about honesty. So I think a feel good habit of honesty is really important for me because I feel like actually, you know, I was really honest about my split and I, you know, I sort of, as well, as honest as I, you know, sometimes I guess we all kind of make things up, to, not make things up, but make make pathways to make us feel better. But I felt like I talked about being rejected. I talked about being abandoned. I talked about all those really unpalatable things. And I think that made women really connect with me because that's how they were feeling. But some of them were too ashamed to say it or they were, they were sort of so beaten down that they they didn't want to share that, you know, and I think by being open, it meant that so much came to me. So kind of messages of advice and support from other women um, in terms of my writing, it meant I could be much more authentic. And I felt, you know, I felt really kind of content with myself for doing that. And there was a brilliant thing that I read by Elizabeth Day that said, um, you know, there's no nobility and invisibility. And I think that about marriage splits, there's so much, you know, women can feel so much shame. I'm sure men can feel so much shame too. And then you keep it to yourself. And if you keep stuff in the shadows, then you never get to get your friend's reassurance or viewpoints or clarity. And for me, you know, there was so much stuff going on that didn't feel right, but, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to sort of see the truth or see the reality of the situation because 
I was being told one thing by someone that I really trusted. And then I was thinking, well, I don't think this is quite right. So for me, being open and honest and talking about stuff means that it doesn't sit in the shadows and it doesn't fester. It's almost like get it out into the light and then you can see it for what it is and then you can really move on rather than sort of suppressing it. Agreed. And I think there are two things here. There's being honest with yourself and then being honest with other people. And I wonder when you're being honest with yourself, does that sound the same when you're explaining it to other people? Is that the magic? Right. You know what I mean? When you, when you go through something and then you meet a friend and you begin to edit the story, even though you're trying not to, you edit it in your favour. Exactly. You do. And I think that's human nature. And I think that, you know, like anything, it's not black and white. And, and actually a divorce coach lady, Sarah Davison said to me, you know, you need to stop telling your sad story at one stage because it's, I mean, which I've been doing a lot, by the way, when we're talking about the book, I'm like, oh my God, the sad story keeps going on. Um, but, you know, you kind of, that's what time does. It gives you distance and an, an ability to kind of, you know, ability to normalise what's happened, I guess. I don't know if that answers your question, really. I think we all do that editing thing when we talk to other people. But also, in a way, I think that editing thing is quite useful because it's like, you know, he left and I feel shit first com first conversation he left but I'm dealing with it and actually I'm finding a positive my conversation with it now I'm happy you know yeah. and I guess maybe you might say those things before they actually happen a bit and in fact Ruby Hammer said that to me she had a uh, Ruby Hammer the makeup artist she had a horrendous split that was similar to mine actually I think in her sort of late 30s and um, she said, for a long time, I said, I, I forgave him because I wanted to be that person. She said it was about 10 years later that I actually forgave him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, honesty is, you know, I just, but I just think we just try to be as honest as we can. And then you get the feedback that you need. Yeah, there are, there's, there's a lot of pain actually in living in denial or, or sort of hiding from a truth. And yeah. I had Jeff Thompson on the podcast last year. It's one of the most profound conversations I had in 2020, possibly in the last few years, actually. And he said something which was really powerful, which is if something scares you or if your instinct is to hide from it, run towards it at full speed, because that's the only way. And, and I have done and ever since I heard that, I have used that advice with everything. If ever I feel scared of anything, even if it's even if it's something stupid, like I've got to do my finances or anything that I'm scared to do I do it first I do it immediately and I give it my full attention and it takes the sting and worry out of it all yeah that is such good advice and I think I you know I still the finances of the split made me feel awful because I just I just couldn't believe really that that the person that I thought we were a team with you know was I mean it has to happen you know was saying well I'm you know I don't want to give this much money I want to give this much money and I'd be like oh my god really it was like a sort of dagger to the heart and then you know that meant that I then sat on stuff and didn't look at it and you're so right it was far the reality is far is far better than the sort of idea of it and also the, the feeling you get for actually facing it is yeah, exactly. up there with being a pash queen right <laughs> No, not quite. That's it. So I'm going to send a hot man to snog you and a Pomeranian. Watch out. Just don't get them mixed up. No, exactly. <laughs> oh, lockdown's been lonely, but not that lonely. Oh, my God, yeah. Although I have to say, honestly, if I didn't know the dog existed, then, uh, yeah, honestly, so joyous. 
Brilliant. Oh, Rosie, these have, as expected, been absolutely brilliant feel-good habits. And unique, actually. I don't think I don't think we've, we definitely haven't had kissing before. And I love warmth. I love that one because you're so right. I think we can almost sort of very passively punish ourselves. Yes. And warmth is actually a real treat and a pleasure and we shouldn't restrict ourselves from it if it's available to us. I love well, that one. Don't your turn a phrase, passively punish ourselves. You need to write the book right now. The world oh. of all grammar guns. I really wish I was a better writer than I am. You're a magnificent writer. You, yeah. you could, I, it, honestly, if you saw me writing, <laughs> the look on my face and the stress in my body, I look constipated. It well, does maybe, not come naturally. Maybe you just need to dictate it then. My life in conversations. Oh, that's a plan. Right, we'll yeah. work on that for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> right, your book, is out, your book out, is out imminently. So I'll, I'll put the link to pre-order it in the show notes, actually. And yeah. I'm hoping that you'll come back to actually talk about the book with me. Thank you. I will. I, I mean, this has just been the most joyous part of my day, quite frankly. Well, apart from a, a cuddle with my dog. Other than that. Also, listeners, there's one thing you need to know, and I'm not letting you off the hook with this. Yeah. I'm video calling Rosie. And she looks like Kate Beckinsale. She's wearing the most gorgeous, soft, like white oh, roll neck jumper so and skinny. Yeah. She, you look like Kate Beckinsale. You look like you're on Kate Beckinsale's Instagram. Oh my God. I mean, how does she look so young? Cause she's like, she must be 50. Is she or like 49 or something? I don't understand. It's like- that, <laughs> That's the situation where what you do is you get a picture of her and you yeah. text it to Nadine. And then within 15 yeah. minutes, you'll get a full, your full rundown. Yeah, actually, what a brilliant program that would be. You need to do that. Like, why does she look this way? Perfect. And she also seems to. I I also think Kate Beckinsale looks so good because she's obviously clearly very young at heart and incredibly funny and looks for the joy in everything. If you watch her Instagram, she does not take anything seriously, and so I like to think that's her anti-aging trick. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure that's it. Plus a personal trainer and a dietitian, and you know, like a, a chef. Yeah, she does go to see Gunnar Peterson. She works out with Gunnar Peterson every day. Hats off to her then, because he's hardcore, right? Have you trained with him? No, but he does J-Lo, doesn't he? And she just looks like she just works out all the time. She does. with David Kirsch. Oh, I know him. Who's he he done? He's like the American guy, just like Heidi Klum and stuff. And for ages, when I was at Elle, he was like my go-to for interviews and stuff. And he was like, never eat a banana. Have you ever seen a thin monkey? (laughs) Oh! he was hardcore do you know I know so many personal trainers who detest bananas and it's a thing it's a bit of a thing yeah because they're full of sugar yeah I mean you gotta I mean Jesus if that's your guilty pleasure then you know you're doing all right yeah right Rosie I'm gonna let you go thank you so so much for doing this this has been absolutely wonderful I will put the links to you the book your Instagram everything in the show notes but thank you for coming back thank you bye